This is Bill Wendell from the Real Estate Cafe. It is October 26th. We're just a couple of days away from uh, an anniversary 30 years ago on October 28th. Ralph Nader spoke to a fledgling group of buyer agents. A buyer agent is the opposite of a listing agent in real estate. A listing agent represents the seller. Their job is to get the highest price. A buyer agent represents the buyer. Their job is to get the lowest price and the best terms for their client. They are as different as East and West. You can't serve two masters. It's biblical, and it should have been the law of the land. In fact, it once was the law of the land. In fact, it was the law of the old country, the common law of agency. I'm not an attorney. I won't try to pretend I am one. But what I do know is that it anchored a system where it was clear who was on whose side, who was acting in the best interest of whom. And when that era came into real estate, when it appeared that buyer agents would become the new normal, that there would be two sides of every transaction, just like there are two partners in every doubles tennis match, it looked like that buyer agents were going to protect home buyers from overpaying or being manipulated, as we know from this past summer, in blind bidding wars. Actually, it's been more than this past summer. It's the past two years during the pandemic, what I call the great real estate panic. So 30 years ago, we heard Ralph Nader, who is an icon of consumer protection and popular culture. Uh, address a, this group of buyer agents and call attempts to abrogate the common law of agency, the language of hypocrisy. You can't go east and west. You cannot serve two masters. And regrettably, even though there was some media coverage, even though there was a headline in the Boston Globe saying, Nader takes aim at real estate, regrettably that high watermark did not carry the day. In fact, within six months, the realtors were in state houses, starting in Maine, trying to change the common law of agency. And they had mixed success. And that, those, those state house efforts continued for several years. I don't have the exact date in mind. A colleague of mine says the exact dates aren't important. What is important is that twice in public hearings, the proposal to change the law in Massachusetts was defeated. In fact, the first time the realtor's attorney was greeted with, whatever are you thinking? It was so obvious that the conflict of interest was not in the consumer's interest. But that's not ultimately what happened. Again, exact dates elude me, but the first legislative year after the proposed legislation was defeated for a second time, lobbyists pulled a trick. They attached the bill as an amendment, and it was signed in an 11th hour budget bill, attached without any public debate, in fact, attached with two strikes, but instead of striking out, it became the law. And there's an example of legislative capture when an industry is so influential that it can override the public process. And so here we are, 30 years later, 
we've just come through a housing market where the word crazy was normalized. We've just come through a housing market where an attempt to get the real estate board to talk about normalizing, waiving mortgage contingencies was denied. And so what happened? At the peak, one in six home buyers across the state paid 100000 over asking price. Tell me, where were the buyer agents? Was there a conflict of interest? Could it be supported by data? I'm not 100% sure. I haven't done the analysis. My guess is the results will be mixed. But what wasn't, what's indisputable is that an attempt to balance the power in real estate transactions was subverted. The law was changed to normalize conflicts of interest. And so when it was easy to overpay, when we had artificial purchasing power in the housing market, instead of buyer agents saying, you might want to sit on that offer, you might want to see what happens with prices by the fall, people one in six paid 100000 over asking price. So I'm asking my fellow buyer agents, what lessons have we learned over the past 30 years? It's called smart failing. You go into failed attempts to do something or change something and you ask, what can we learn? We need to do that because we're heading into a new down cycle in real estate. The popular press is now all over this. Some of the real estate press, particularly those newspapers that are dependent on classified ad sections, they won't touch the story or at least they won't report it with the detail that home buyers need to protect themselves from overpaying. One in three admits already the prices haven't gone into a downturn yet or significant downturn. They already know they overpaid. At the peak, buyer agents, or I should say in the early days of the movement, it may have been 1991, 93, again, 30-ish years ago, when national media reported on the significance of buyer agency, they would point to uh, a policy that a phone company, Sprint, had when they re relocated executives. They required buyer agents to be involved. And when they did, they found significant savings. I think the number is 93%. Buyers paid 93% of the asking price. For the past two years, we've normalized paying more than 100% of the asking price. We need to change that. We need to protect consumers. We need to learn from past failures, and we need to co-create a home buyer bill of rights. If any of this speaks to you, please leave a comment or be in touch. Bill Wendell, Real Estate Cafe. Thanks for listening.